Hey y'all, welcome to Cross Politic. It's the midweek fix. It's Wednesday. Pastor Toby Chalk knocks on the water boy, and our sensei Jeff Schaefer's back in the studio. Hey. Yeah, you guys asked for it, and you got more of it. <laughs> They've been um, begging for you to come yeah. back. Thank Where's you. that Jeff Schaefer yes. guy? Get Pastor Toby to shut up. Hey, we're going to be in Arizona. We got two weeks left to sign up to go get tickets. Go to fightlaughfeast.com. I even got my our cool kind of Arizona cross politics oh, liberty look at tour. That. Sure, look at that tour t shirt. And that's kind of Grand Canyon, like Arizona, Arizona e. Yeah. Really, really cool t shirt. That okay. will be there um, in Arizona in yeah. May. What's the date? What's that Wednesday? Nineteenth. May yes Thursday May nineteenth yeah oh, my dates are all raw okay off, so. yeah. what, you all right <laughs> yeah I think I think I'm all better right. now that Jeff's go here. to flfnetwork.com for uh, a shop and click on the shop and you'll be able to sign find up Liberty yep. Tool tour and sign up yes. to see us in Phoenix yes. with Jeff Durbin and Delano Squires yes. and that's gonna be such a great show and Jeff Durbin and Delano Squires and David Reese that's yeah. right and, uh, very good okay there you go right. um, hey this year our national conference is in Knoxville Tennessee so October excited 6th about this through the eighth here's one. One yep. more date, one more thing to sign up for. Mm-hmm. But the theme of this year's conference is lies, propaganda, storytelling, and the serrated edge. <laughs> Satan is the father of lies, and the mother of those lies is a government who has rejected God. We have especially been lied to these last two years, and the COVID panic has been one of the central mechanisms that our government has used to lie to us and grab more power. Because Christians have not been reading their Bibles, we are susceptible to lies and weak in our ability to fight those lies. Mm. God has given us his word to fight Satan and his lies, and we need to recover all of God's word. It's serrated edge included. Mark your calendars for October 6th through the 8th as we fight, laugh, and feast with fellowship. Beer and Psalms, Mm. our amazing lineup of speakers, hanging with our awesome vendors, meeting new friends, and more. Early bird tickets are on sale now. And don't forget, if you're a club member, you get $100 off your registration. And if you're not a club member yet, you're losing money. Why not become a club member and register for the conference at the same time? Facts. Hey, with us. Oh, you already introduced Jeff Schaefer. You know, but you know, you just need to remember. So, how long were you an ADF attorney? About. Uh, it's about 16 years. 16 years. I was going to say 17. And now, <laughs> yeah. And now he is the director, ninja commander of the Hale Institute mm-hmm. at New St. Andrews College. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hale Institute is a, uh, a law and policy institute um, trying to train uh, students at New St. Andrews College, but also uh, provide, I think, uh, education for the broader uh, community in law and policy. Is that, is that, did, I get, did I get that right? Sure, that's a good summary. Is that good? Right. <laughs> you know yeah. what? I, I, you guys are gonna have to kick me out of there. I am coming to the Hill Institute. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm trying to negotiate with uh, Dr. Mergel on like, me and you getting. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be there. Yeah. He's like Knox. Would you please take your feet off the table? Yeah. <laughs> this costs money. <laughs> um, Jeff, thank you for coming back on Cross yeah. Baltics so yeah. quickly and. Um, and yeah, as you as you said, walking in here, you're kind of amazed. Or we're all a little bit amazed that you. No, thank you very much. Um, what is the Dobbs Jack versus Jackson case exactly? It's been before the Supreme Court. How, what is it asking for, and how does it challenge Roe exactly? The Dobbs case involves the Mississippi law that prohibits abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. And because 15 weeks of pregnancy is prior to viability, that law in in its terms violates Roe, 
which Got forbids it. any kind of prohibition. Viability was the standard in Roe and Casey. Yeah, there were other aspects yeah. to it, but that was one of them. Okay. And so it set up rather well the question of whether Roe should be overturned. And that's precisely what uh, the state of Mississippi asked the Supreme Court to determine in yeah. the case. Okay. So this last week, um, there's been this leak from the Supreme Court, which I want to ask you about the nature of the leak maybe in a minute. And our listeners should should actually have a pretty good um, summary of this because they <laughs> listen to my daily news brief today. Hey, and, thanks, Gabe. Thanks, um, thanks for interrupting. Yes. And, yep. and, and, and not about you, and plugging, No, I'm just saying how yourself. smart our listeners are for listening to our daily news brief. <laughs> read, read more Rick Warren. And, but what was, what was leaked was a, an opinion authored by Samuel Alito and the and – the, while we don't know, I guess, for sure yet, um, the assumption has been that perhaps he is, that opinion it represents the majority opinion um, that is due to be released officially, I guess, in June. Um, I, does it, first of all, am I getting that right? Is that, is that your understanding? Well, it was the first draft. This, the Chief Justice has confirmed that it's a, a legitimate draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, from February 10th. From February 10th of this year. Mm-hmm. So presumably in the interim, there have been exchanges between the justices. Okay. But um, that was floated to those uh, on the court to evaluate whether a majority of justices would agree to join such opinion. And if they would, whether there would be any discussion about its content okay. thereafter. And mm-hmm. what is your take? Um, you know, I know this is a little bit like reading tea leaves. But, you know, based on what you know about the law, based on what you maybe presumably have seen in the opinion, and then also what you know about the makeup of the court, um, how likely do you think it is that this does represent a majority opinion? Well, at least at the point of its um, distribution within the chambers, it was precisely presented because there was a majority that had agreed that Roe ought to be reversed. So, so this wouldn't have even been written and, and circulated at that time if that wasn't even on the table? Yeah, that's right. It's presented as the opinion of the court in its draft yeah. form. So right. that would suggest mm. there's a majority that has agreed at least to tentatively yeah. to reverse Roe, and then Justice Alito was assigned the task of, of drafting that opinion. What does it tell us that Samuel Alito was, uh, was given yeah. that task? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, Here's some kind of insider um, evaluation of things that go on on the court. If the chief justice is in the majority, he has the prerogative to either write the opinion himself or assign it to someone else. Now, the scuttlebutt is that the chief has not yet joined the majority. It's the other five conservative justices that have done so. So if he's not in the majority, then the prerogative to either take the case or assign it himself would be to the most senior justice, which is, in this case, Justice Thomas. Okay. Justice Thomas is not the author of this opinion, which presents another series of questions, including... Did Justice Thomas, who obviously has a great deal to say about this, yes, um, perhaps determine that the things he wants to say wouldn't be able to collect a majority on the court to sign off on. So he made the determination to assign the case writing to Justice Alito. Okay. Interesting. Justice Thomas then would feel free to write a concurring opinion containing whatever he wished to put in it. But could sign off on the could sign off, off on the Alito the, opinion. Or at least some measure of it. Interesting. <clears throat> interesting. So uh, have you had a chance to read the Alito draft? I have, yes. And and so what are what are your what do you think are the most important takeaways on that? What what is what's really good? Is, are there any weaknesses? Yes. Both, I think. Um, of course we should be elated by the news that yeah. um, Oh, I should say, in the context of a breach, which is disgraceful, yeah. this kind of, um, uh, what would we say, scorning of the responsibility, um, uh, kind of a, here you are in a position of trust in the institution, right. and right. You kind of grab this thing and throw it out into public. So, right. of course, I hope to see in this context that 
the trespasser is in a position of, of being found out soon yes. and addressed appropriately and right. subject to all the appropriate professional ignominy that should be directed to someone who does something along these lines. Right. So setting that aside, yeah. I would say that this kind of indication that we have a majority in the court that's willing to do away with Roe and Casey is something that should have us elated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is um, long time in coming. Um, now, the fact that we've cobbled five justices together that not only kind of stand against what the Supreme Court has been up to for approximately 50 years, but also is opposing the dogmatic convictions of all of the elite institutions in our society Mm -hmm. and their raving spittle-flecked mobs of supporters (laughs) says something about the justices who joined in in making this determination. So kudos to them. I think... um, Surely they would know the response that they'd be getting yeah. for this. And that they knew that they were going to be, you know, lighting this, you know, hair, their hair on fire right. and screaming. Now, Justice Alito's opinion, I think, does an expert job in methodically taking apart the Roe and Casey opinions, okay. yep. which are simply dreadful. And everyone has known it all along. Right. But for the court itself, a majority opinion to actually go through carefully and show as much to set the record straight right. is another reason that we should really be pleased with this development. If it turns out that this yeah. makes it in some approximate form into the final product. Yeah. He did an excellent job, I think, in writing this opinion. I thought it was interesting because um, Biden released a statement about the leak. Yeah. And one of the things he was no, obviously. he didn't. Yeah, no, he did. No, yeah. no, no, somebody, no somebody, Pataki did. Thank you. Um, and one of the things he said in a statement was that Roe v. Wade um, is, you know, grounded in tradition of our laws, you know. Um, and uh, Lito had, had torn that idea up. That's right. Big time. Okay. In his statement. The, the historical point was so well made. It was. By Justice Alito. Yep. Um, the constitutional point. All of those factors that have in the past been um, put forward as justifying the opinion, he just put them all to bed and did so very effectively. By the way, this is an interesting um, component of his his um, opinion is he included a, um, a, a footnote addressing the eugenic motivation allegedly behind some of the proponents mm. of the abortion right wow. and he even made the point that it's beyond dispute that the black community demographically has been diminished as a result of abortion wow. so he dropped Whoa. a footnote to R- that effect. right that wow. was probably clarence you know hey 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 alito i'm feeding you this <laughs> one of the things uh, that i i thought this was interesting this is to our abolitionist brothers um point is that uh, Alito argued that the Constitution, because they want to argue that the Constitution was always about women's rights and bodily autonomy and so forth, but um, through the last you know 150 years, there had always been laws penalizing abortion, actually criminalizing abortion. He said our Constitution never conflicted right. with, the, with um, the criminalization of abortion. Yeah, there's 30 pages of appendix at the end that's just listing all of the state statutes that criminalized abortion. Wow. And, and so I think that's actually... Which is all of the states, by the way. All the states yeah, had yeah. some level of limitation and criminalization. Exactly. So the proposal that somehow this is a historic right that women right. have enjoyed throughout our legal history is simply preposterous. Because yeah. everybody's arguing that this is a constitutional right, Jeff, but how is it that he's arguing against it being a constitutional right ultimately? Well, his point generally is there's nothing in the Constitution that would extend such a thing. So this is getting into the weeds a little bit, but the substantive due process right... 
analysis um, has gone in a couple of different directions. One is a more kind of confined and chastened version, which ties its outcomes to our legal history, our traditions, and that which is kind of central to ordered liberty. Mm-hmm very much with us through time. Um, the newer version of substantive due process, like, for instance, what we've seen in the Lawrence and Obergefell decision, which we've spoken of before, right. is more of a kind of freewheeling, um, w- what's the latest? You know, <laughs> right, right. how do we, and of course, the idea that liberty actually means the ability to define yourself and so forth. So that this is kind of a pulling back into the more conventional form. That was his description, is there's nothing in our legal history and heritage, there's nothing in the precepts of ordered liberty that require an abortion right. No one can claim that this mm-hmm. is necessary um, as a uh, constitutional right. It and Alito, like- <laughs> Alito pointed out that when the Roe v. Wade case uh, was um, decided upon, they made a vague reference to that this is constitutional, but never pointed out where it was constitutional. Yeah, that's right. It was kind of this almost, and I don't want, majority opinions tend to be a little more upright than dissents and concurring opinions do. But nevertheless, there is kind of a flavor of near mockery, I think, because mm. Roe was so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, J- Justice Alito kind of quotes the, the, the court in Roe feeling that wherever the uh, right emerges from the Constitution, yeah. surely it's somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, also, wow. yeah. he also references the point that a number of progressive scholars who are in support of the abortion exercise generally have criticized the court in Roe as being not only not constitutional law, but barely even trying to appear to be. This is the nature of these decisions. And it's just, I think, wonderful if it turns out that we get an opinion like this that makes that plain. Because it feels like he's restructuring not just the argument, but the court itself. Is that fair to say with what he's with the way he's he's writing this this piece? Well, I think he's definitely wanting to bring home and and restrict the use of the liberty in the Fourteenth Amendment back yeah, to yeah. historic associations rather than just what are happens to be pleasing to the individual. So I think that's what he's up to. Yeah. That's but I don't think he's any doing anything so dramatic as it's kind of restructuring <coughs> what the court is up to. Nor do I think he could get the votes to do it. Well, a court that acts the way that would allow Roe v. Wade to be passed. <laughs> that's what I mean by that, right? Okay, well, well, we should have never done this, right. and because we did, we have. And, and maybe re- restructuring is a strong word, but I guess in, I, I take you to mean essentially also like less legislating from the bench sure, and more yeah. re- actually restricted and restrained by um, judicial tradition. Yeah, yeah. One of the points he makes in his opinion is how the 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 trimester system and the viability standard mm-hmm. coming yeah. out of Roe looks very much like a piece of legislation. Right. There is no attempt to tie it to anything in our legal history yeah. and the Constitution right. itself and yeah. so on. So he, he does a fine job so of dis- describing so, so are there weaknesses that you yeah. have spotted in the, in the, in the opinion? The first draft. Anyway. Where did Alito get yeah. soft? Well, let me say, first of all, I, by way of prelude to answering that question, this, I think, is the best that we can reasonably hope for out of the mm. court as we have it right now. Okay. 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 That being said, yeah. so we so all live gr- in the real deep, world. Deep gratitude. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're pleased to see it, assuming that this is precisely, well, yeah. approximately what we're going to get. Um, but th- there were some disappointing aspects of it as well. And one is that the court, its draft opinion proceeds as if the judiciary uh, legitimately can proceed not knowing what a person is. Mm. Mm. This is disappointing. I would say in this respect, it's, it's ironically returning to Roe 
Remember, the court in Roe said we can't take up this question of when precisely life begins. This is, you know, flummoxed smart people throughout the ages. Who are we to come up with an answer to that question? So let's kill them. A person? Well, and then, of course, the determination then was so let's impose this kind of wide open abortion license on all of the states. The um, of course the the outcome in in the Dobbs at least in this uh, this iteration of the opinion yeah. is to the contrary. But nevertheless, it takes the anthropological position. Still agnostic. It is. It, it's leaping away from the question. It's acting as if the court, in the process of doing justice, doesn't have to have any idea of what and who a person is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that I think is gravely concerning. I was. Not, not surprised by it. Once again, I think what we're seeing is the result of the need to cobble together a certain number of justices to get a majority. Mm-hmm. And, and as the Roe court had acknowledged, if it turns out that the unborn person, child, fetus, is a person, then that person is going to be protected by the Constitution itself. Wow. Roe pointed Roe that. Roe acknowledged that. Wow. Wow. Now there so are, wouldn't that be like legislating, though, if the, if the Supreme Court came up with the definition of life? Isn't that the legislator's job? Well, and and this, by the way, is one of the problems, I think, with this discussion, is no, this is a pre-political ontological reality that Uh, everyone must submit to, uh, legislators and justices. By the way, this is why I was not especially pleased with this emphasis on what is life is a question that's too puzzling for anybody, so let's just submit it to the democratic process. No, that's not true at all. Right. You don't get to vote on that. That's right. This isn't Mm. one of those things that we decide once we all get together. It's a truth that we must honor in all of our legal undertakings, and indeed justice itself Mm. is impossible, apart from already having in place the truth of that matter. Presupposition. So what would you call that? How would you say that? Pre-political. Ontological reality. Now, at one point... Um, that, that's really helpful, but I, I would say two things there. One is that means the Supreme Court would have to actually acknowledge God, who's King of Kings, who's sovereign over everything. If right, because you, you, if you're understanding the ontological nature of a human, the only way to understand the true ontological nature of a human is to believe in in God who made humans. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I don't have any objection to that. I, ultimately, anytime we're talking about justice, we're going to track back to the theological, right? Invariably. Now, just procedurally speaking, they could come up with this conclusion independent of having to explicitly recognize those truths that mm-hmm. you just mentioned. But it depends yes. at the level. Even which, though they're actually acknowledged in our founding documents. I mean, if, if a creator has endowed us with, you know, rights that are, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I mean, that's. So, so I'm sorry, go ahead. Jeff, the, go ahead. There's an interesting component to this. Um, and I say this somewhat by way of critique. Um, but it also seems to reveal that um, the author of this draft opinion isn't altogether uh, sincere when he's putting things that way. Mm. By this, I mean, while um, the opinion says that the court is neither authorized nor possessing the expertise to make a resolution of how we classify this unborn whatever it is in okay. human shape, okay. the, um, mm. the fact of the matter is the court subsequently found itself both authorized and expert enough in order to say things like, this implicates a profound moral question. Yeah. Now, how would you be in a position to say such right. a thing? Right. It, unless you first knew something about the nature of the being whose life is being snuffed out. <clears throat> so there's kind of this... Um, what we say, dissonance in the presentation of the opinion. But it's not only just an observation that the court is making. 
this draft opinion actually relies on the fact that this is a profound moral question to distinguish this case from all the other due process cases that it kind of gives the back of the hand to because those things are different. Abortion implicates something more. Mm-hmm. Well, so this is where I say kind of through the back door, the court is again recognizing, no, there's something serious going on here. So there's a bit of back and forth on the anthropological question and whether the court is willing to so kind of reach... Is there any chance that in a, in a, I mean, do you think, given the makeup of the court, you said this is probably the best we can get. I think so. You don't think there's any chance that we get a better uh, uh, final draft? Well, it's possible. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I, I paid attention to what everyone was saying at the oral argument. Okay. And I see some kind of um, influence from certain mm-hmm. other justices that have showed up in different aspects of this yes. draft opinion. So okay. I think they probably said your my vote is contingent on the presence of this idea being in the okay. opinion. Okay. Jeff, I have I guess I have two questions and I know this is we're wrapping up here, but I have two questions. One of them is how has the world changed if this is actually the end of Roe? And the other one is kind of attached to your last point about not defining the idea of a person. Um, is the fear that now we can have Congress come in and maybe define a person and codify Roe v. Wade because of that. So those two, those are two questions. I kind of hate to throw those two on you, but yeah, I'll, I'll try and say this quickly. I think that the, the change, obviously, if, if we get the outcome that we're expecting in this case is going to be that the legislatures in the states are now going to be making the determination state by state as to how that yeah. it's handled. And the signal that was sent from this opinion is that the court is willing to sign off on about any kind of prohibition. Mm. So, which is good news. Which is good news, right? Yeah. Of course, that. So, it, even if a state said, "Hey, we're going to California says we're going to legalize abortion," and it, that got challenged, you're saying that the court would probably make overturn that too. Well, I, I suppose subsequent litigation could submit something like the Fourteenth Amendment Equal Protection Clause protects unborn life, and then that question could be put before the court. It has altogether shirked that question in this resolution, which, again, I think is the result of wanting to get a majority of justices together on the point. But um, I'll say just this kind of treating Roe and Casey not as kind of (coughs) horrific disasters, repudiation of human nature, but rather as procedural mistakes. They have violated the separation of powers. They have taken this away from the democratic process. Do you see the difference between those two analyses? Mm -hmm. And in that sense, I would say this is not a remedial case. It's not a remedial case opinion that repairs the damage that has been kind of Mm. effectuated over the last 50 years. What it does do is just change the political dynamics in a way that permits uh, states to address things in the way that they wish. But it doesn't clean up the mess, and it does nothing to suggest that there was any kind of horror in the 60-plus million children who have been assassinated under the blessing and protection of the United States Supreme Court. Not a mention mention of such a thing in this opinion. Wow. Now, Alito... So then, as far as the person situation... Does Congress, can Congress, is there a fear that Congress could come in and say, we'll define a person for you, Supreme Court, and guess what? You have to work by our definitions now, and then through that process, codify Roe v. Wade. Yeah, I I doubt, at least at the moment, that the political um, lineup is, is such that we would see that ever get through. Yeah, um, but they're I, screaming about, hey, make sure you vote this mid this midterm, right? Mm-hmm. Make sure you vote Democrat. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll be surprised if it comes out that way. But I will say that um, 
the, again, the question ought to be prior to any sort of legislative or judicial action. Right. When the states are violating that standard of human um, recognition and the equal protection of the laws extended to all persons within the jurisdiction as the 14th Amendment requires, the Section 5 of the 14th Amendment gives enforcement authority to the Congress to ensure that states get in line on these points. So I would say it's proper for Congress to act, but not in the way that you're mm-hmm. fearing, but in the other direction. On the And not because they've defined what a human person is, right. but that they have recognized it yep. uh-huh. and then uh-huh. made sure that the states yep. don't get out of line on that question. I, I was, as I was reading some of the kind of the leftist hysterics, they're, they're saying things like, next they're going to overturn Obergefell, next they're going to restrict you know, contraceptives. And I, I couldn't help but remember our last conversation where you walked through that whole step and said, in a certain way, as they overturned laws restricting contraceptives and, and, you know, and then all the way up through Obergefell, um, you know, there has been a certain logic to all of that. Of I don't think that's what Slate and Vox you know, and stuff are, are worrying about. Um, but do you think there is, um, you're saying this is not yet remedial. It's not really yet fixing the proj- a project uh, or the problem. Um, is there any sense in which, though, this begins to put a crack in the dam that, you know, if we could reconsider that, that we could reconsider Obergefell, that we could reconsider maybe the issues more substantively? Yes, I think so. In, in this respect, although I have a caveat to this one as yeah, well, yes. the, the analysis that um, this opinion goes through really does pull back the justifications that were extended for the likes of Lawrence and Obergefell. So it does pull back. It, it, not with respect to those cases, but the, the same sorts of justifications that Justice Alito took down yeah. okay. in this opinion apply just as well. Okay. And he knows it, okay. which is why I was particularly disturbed to read the statement that, let us make it very clear this opinion has no intention of diminishing these is my paraphrase, not precisely what was said in the opinion. Yeah. But this has no intention of having anything to do with or detract from any case other than abortion. Huh. So it's it's both frustrating and preposterous, that line. Yeah, right. Frustrating because obviously um, we'd like to see those decisions that have been so damaging actually, you know, feel the hammer blow as well. Right. But also preposterous because it's simply not true. Right. He gutted the very logic that lies behind these other cases right. in their substantive due process analysis. Okay. So in that, there is hope that substantively we are making progress Nevertheless, there's this internal tension yes. in it where it's saying, but don't worry, we don't intend to do any of that. That's nice. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> Jeff Schaefer. TheHaleInstitute.org. Don't you want to go? Jeff, in 90 seconds or less, if the governor is listening to this, what would you tell him to do right now? Well, a governor is, is should get his pen ready so that whatever you know pro, prohibitions on abortion in his jurisdiction come out of his legislature, he ought to sign the bill. Yeah. But he also ought to send his chief of staff to talk to the majority speaker of the House and, and so on, these figures, to get this get process it going. going. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Start drumming it up. Absolutely. Jeff, yeah, appreciate you, man. Yeah, Thank man. you for being That's here. That's really helpful. I really appreciate that. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them until Sunday. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics. Hell kind Institute. Of, kind of raspy. Kind of raspy. I like yeah, it. I like it. A little, it. Bit, a little like bit. Joe Biden ran on the promise of free community college. But when Joe Biden offers you something for free, say, education or a back rub, he's probably got something else in mind. Remember this, free tuition doesn't mean a free education. 
I'll explain. When they say free education, what they mean is, you get the goodies, someone else gets the bill. They definitely don't mean intellectual freedom, spiritual freedom, or medical freedom. Their so-called free education is designed to teach you how to follow orders, namely theirs. Free enslavement, yippee. At New St. Andrews College, we seek to graduate leaders, free men and women who shape culture living faithfully under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We seek to equip our students with biblical wisdom, integrative knowledge, creative insight, and humility to lead our culture faithfully as the servants of all. So we believe in free education too, just not the Joe Biden kind. Click the link to apply to New St. Andrews College today.